What's up guys? Welcome to Jubilee Online. My name is Pastor Daniel and I want to personally welcome you and say thank you so much for coming and checking us out. This week we're listening to a series called All In and what it's about is the ramifications of those big decisions in your life and how it affects your future. If you enjoy these messages and you're coming every single week, I just want to encourage you to give. We have three ways to give. You can go to jfc.org, you can download our Jubilee mobile app, or you can do text to give. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the messages. Good morning. Thank you all for joining us on this Mother's Day weekend. We're so happy you're here. I can honestly say I would not be here today if it wasn't for my mother. Some of you got that. She gave birth to me, just for those that need a clarification. You know, uh, Mother's Day, uh, as you'll see uh, in this message today, I want to talk about uh, uh, my experiences and things like that. But uh, we grew up uh, with a great mom, and my perception uh, and, and our life experiences shapes our perception. Would you agree to that? So I always thought Mother's Day, especially Mother's Day at church, is a great thing and a great event. Uh, and, and not realizing the heartache that some moms experience or families experience on Mother's Day. So I always had this optimistic view. Of course, a couple years ago, uh, a little over a year when Brenda passed, I grieved for my children that their mother's not here uh, for celebrating Mother's Day. So we come today with all sorts of different perspectives on Mother's Day. And I think today, I hope to encourage you, all of us, not just moms, about how this service can literally change your life for eternity and for the near future and long-term future. Uh, I do remember when we grew up in church, uh, it was kind of fun because our, our church did kind of some dumb things for Mother's Day. Um, I, maybe you grew up in a church like this. We always uh, celebrated Mother's Day with special little things. So we always gave a prize to the youngest mother. And it kind of started backfiring. Uh, the church ladies got real upset when all the youngest mothers were not married. And they were not real happy about that. And so, uh, and then they always did the youngest mother and the oldest mother. And, and, and now it makes sense to me, but then I thought it was cool. But they would have... They would say, like, any moms over 70 uh, stand. So all the moms over 70, that's not too bad. And then uh, any moms over 80 uh, still stand, and if they could stand. And then uh, any moms over 90. And, and, and there, there was always the same lady. She lived forever. Uh, she would always win, you know. And uh, anyway, I think any mom over 80 should get, all of them should get prizes. But we gave prizes to there. So very, very uh, fun. We don't do that, uh, luckily. Uh, we used to give out carnations and all that kind of stuff. 
And uh, they'd always go up on your dash, and by the time your Mother's Day lunch was over, it was dead. But uh, anyway, uh, when I'm pastoring in South Carolina, you know, I had this warm fuzzy about Mother's Day. Again, my mom's experience was really good. And so uh, it was a smaller church, about 200 people, and, and it was always kind of a warm, kind of a relational environment. So one Mother's Day, I thought, you know, really be neat. Really be neat. If, as a, as a, a precursor to the message, to just have people stand and share um, you know, just some warm, wonderful thoughts about their mothers. And it was going real well. Some really nice things were being shared until one lady stood up uh, and, and totally caught me by surprise. She stands up and says, my mother is the worst mother ever. I don't like her. She's just cruel and nasty. And she goes on and on. And, you know, we had this warm fuzzy going and it was wonderful. And then all of a sudden it just kind of just died. And, and I thought, how am I going to go into a message? How am I going to save this? But it gets better. <clears throat> Maybe it gets worse. A few rows over and a few rows back, her mother was there. <clears throat> so guess what mom decided? So mom stood up, said, I could be a better mom if I had better children. <laughs> and then she goes on. <clears throat> and, and about that time, I just wanted to say, happy Mother's Day. God bless you. Go. Uh, but I had to salvage that. So uh, we're not going to do anything like that. Uh, I'm going to be the only one doing the speaking. I think we'll be safer that way. But anyway, I, I think it's pretty good. want to say, moms, we love you. You're very, very valuable. You're very amazing. And no matter where you're at today, no matter the joy or pain that you have here today, I, we just want you to know as a church how much we celebrate the amazing contribution you make to this world. You're special. I felt like today as we were worshiping, to say to every mom, you are not only a mom, but you're a daughter of God. You are treasured as a wonderful daughter of God. Celebrate that today. So uh, today I'm going to be a little uh, <clears throat> nostalgic, a little emotional. We're going we're gonna to share a story of our family and our history. And we're going to have, instead of just me telling the story, I've added some pictures. So that's why we want to do the TV. <clears throat> so I want to take you way back. I want to introduce you to my grandfather. We'll bring a picture of him. This is Charles Hilgers. He was born in a farming community in Kansas. It was a rough life, hard life farming back then. Uh, uh, in the early 1900s, was very difficult. And he grew up just with that kind of demeanor of life being hard, had a rough edge. He joined the Navy, and the Navy became a boxer. He fought, I, I forget who the famous one was. Do you remember? Jack who? Jack Dempsey. Jack Dempsey? Yeah. Anyway, uh, he, he had a great amateur career boxing, but he, he, he liked that fighting, that atmosphere. And so uh, somewhere along the way, he met this beautiful young lady named Genevieve. Her name was Bessie. <clears throat> so eventually uh, they got married and started having children, and they moved to Denver, Colorado. And while living here, uh, Bessie just had felt like just something was missing in their life. And, and, and they were together, and they started having children, but... But she just longed for something more out of life. And so she thought, as many people do, let's, let's see about religious experience. And so she started visiting local churches. And, and every one of those experiences wasn't a good experience. They wanted her to join and be a member that day. Or they actually wanted her to sign up and work with children that day. And, 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 and everywhere she went, they wanted something from her. And she was just very disillusioned. And, and my grandpa, Charlie, would often say that she was out on the weekend on her God hunt. 
She was looking for her God hunt. And so uh, it was uh, back in uh, Mother's Day of 1933. Bessie brought the whole family together to a little church in Inglewood. And there uh, her life would become changed. And so uh, in meeting with her family in this church, she heard a message about Jesus. And as she listened to the preacher, she realized that what she needed wasn't what the church wanted from her, but what God could give to her. And so through that service, she just began to understand that what I was searching for is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the pastor that day on Mother's Day, <clears throat> his message was about the responsibility of parents. And he had this, this actual statement in the message. He said, the most important thing that you can give your children is the knowledge of Jesus. And Bessie was sitting there thinking, how do I give that knowledge if I don't know Jesus? And in the middle of that message, she made that decision. I want to get to know Jesus. And at the end of that service, she said, I want Jesus in my life. And so as a result of that, um, it would change her life. And so that for Bessie, our message series is called All In. Pastor John last week gave an amazing introduction. He is always so good to honor us as the teaching team for Jake and Kate, myself, our guests. Rarely do we get the opportunity to thank him and honor him. Do we have one of the best speaking pastors in the nation? He is so, so good. I never hear one of his messages without being challenged, inspired, educated, uh, informed, uh, to where I want to be uh, more like Jesus in everything that he says. But that moment, 1933, a Mother's Day, Bessie said, I am going all in for Jesus. And she changed her whole family life. This next slide, I'll show you the family. Um, this is uh, Bessie uh, hiding behind. Uh, this is uh, my Aunt Bev, uh, Uncle Dale. This is my dad, Gary Hilgers. Some of you know my dad. This is my Grandpa Charlie, and this is my Aunt Furl. Uh, in this picture, Aunt Furl, uh, at this time, they're very involved in the church. My grandpa, Charlie, started coming. Uh, my uh, Bessie started coming. And they were all in. They didn't just come to church. They didn't just sit. They said, we're going to be a part of what Jesus is doing. And they were all in on that experience. And so uh, the years go by. 15 years later, at the age of 47, Bessie became very ill. And at her bedside of ill health were all of her children. And at that moment in the uh, sickness of her life, she reached over and began to pray for every one of her children. And she prayed this prayer, I want you to be in heaven with me. An hour later, she died of a massive stroke. My dad was 13 years old at that bedside. It was hard. They began to have a hard life without a mom. My grandfather worked nights, and so the boys, uh, it's kind of hard not having a mom, no supervision, all right? The youngest went to live with uh, Furl by that time. She was married, but my dad and my Uncle Johnny, they were uh, 13 and 11, and they were without supervision at nights. Daytime, they were in school and stuff, but my dad started to really just get really off track. The 13-year-old boy, not knowing what to do with the death of his mother, he began to just kind of build up in his heart this anger, this sadness, this frustration about God. He started to make decisions that were not good. All right, let me show you a few pictures of my dad. 
There he is. He, Fonz has nothing over my dad. <laughs> now, now, some of you that are older will kind of get this term. He was a hood. <laughs> he, would just, he would just rough. He'd start running the streets. He started living a life that was pretty rough. He would uh, drink and party, steal, fight. He liked that life. He enjoyed that life. We'll go to the next slide here. All right, this is him. Next slide, guys. This is him in front of his house. All right, and my dad, <laughs> we have the most amazing stories. Uh, he still tells us, and every now and then he comes up with one we've never heard. And, and I know our grandkids, Jake and Josh, and uh, they all just love sitting around, and we always thought, man, that's a bad influence on our kids. But anyway, he would tell these stories. Um, he didn't have a license. He was 14, and somehow he got a job transporting cars uh, to uh, North Dakota and South Dakota, 14 years old. Him and a few of his buddies would skip school, and I don't know how they'd get there, but they'd go to California. And in California, they got in trouble, got arrested, and all sorts of stuff. Young kids, all right? But while he was in high school, he met this beautiful young lady named Donna Hilgers, or Donna Becker. There's my mom as a young teenager. And she was a good Lutheran girl. This is a classic story of the bad boy meets the good church girl, all right? Uh, pretty good church girl. And so here they are, you know, remember the little quarter things that you'd put, I, I think they still have them, but uh, you know, with phones and stuff, you don't need these. But anyway, they would go in and, and, and you can see they were in love. They were crazy in love. Let's go to the next one. All right, here they are. Uh, she got pregnant, all right, and then they decided to get married. This is their wedding picture. Wasn't a big deal. Back then, you just got married, not a extravagant. Here she is pregnant, all right, uh, in there is me. All right, and so she had a little baby boy named Terry. What a, yeah. It went downhill from there. <laughs> Cute little guy, huh? All right, I was a happy little kid. All right, at least I thought so. All right, uh, I got to show this next one uh, because I wanted you to know I'm politically correct. Way back before, uh, you know, when boys played with toys and trucks, I had my own doll. My dad hated it. it. He would get so mad. He would yell at my mom, don't let him have that doll, you know, that kind of thing. But I don't know. She got a picture of it to prove it. So I, I'm way ahead of my time, all right? So uh, I'm this young boy, and uh, next picture, we, uh, mom and dad started having kids. Go ahead and move it forward. Uh, here they are with uh, me and my sister, Debbie. Uh, here again, me and my sister, Debbie. They started having their family. Let's go to that next one. I think it's a family one. Uh, here we are. And then uh, let's go to the next one. All right. Uh, there I am, uh, my sister and my brother, Denny. And I think there's one more here we can show. All right. There we are. Okay. Uh, I was always the goofy kid. Uh, she didn't, wasn't too happy, and he didn't want to be there either. So anyway. Uh, is there one more? I think I'm not sure. Okay. So here we have what would appear in pictures, this wonderful little happy family. Uh, I'm a young child. I don't know what's going on, but there was something in our home that wasn't right. There was fear. My dad started to escalate his alcohol, became alcoholic, uh, started gambling, started uh, just living a life that wasn't very good. And so my mother left him. A few years into the marriage, she said, I can't take this. Dad would say, I'll do better. I'll change. Uh, all the wives here know how that works. 
guys, we promise it all the time, you know, let's be honest. And so he would revert back. So they were headed for divorce. All right. So my mother went to live with her mother. My dad on a Sunday night was out at his usual poker game. He was gambling. He was drinking. He was drunk. He was playing cards. And he had a moment where he felt this pressure on his chest. Felt like an elephant was just sitting on him. And it just scared him. And he thought in that moment about a prayer. His mother prayed. And he had this thought. If I died tonight, I'd go to hell. He put a cigar out. He excused himself from the poker table. He sobered up instantly. He called his father. He said, Dad, where's the church? Grandpa Charlie told him a church nearby. He went to his, get my mom at her mother's house. He went to the house and said, come with me. I want to go to church. Why she went, I don't know, but she agreed to go. They got to the service. It already started. It was a little Pentecostal church. The preaching, it was about 8.30 when he got there. The preacher was just getting started. You know, back then, church was just getting started after about two hours, you know. <laughs> the preaching started, and my dad sat and cried and cried. This is a tough guy. He's a fighter. He just didn't want that image, but something in him just couldn't stop crying. Throughout this whole message, it was preached about Jesus. And at the end of that service, the pastor pretty much just said, if you want to be all in and know Jesus, would you come to the front for prayer? My dad ran to the front of that altar, threw himself down. Men gathered around, and for two hours they prayed. And in that two hours, God did a miraculous thing and changed his life. And from that moment on, my dad decided, I'm going to follow Jesus with everything I have. The life I had was worth nothing. Back at the back, my mother was there, and, and churches back then, you know, they just are a little different. The ladies gathered around my mother <clears throat> and said, would you like to be saved? And she says, what is that? And they said, well, it's about coming and asking Jesus in your life. And she says, well, I'm Lutheran. <laughs> <laughs> it scared her, literally. She got up and left. She went down the road. She found a payphone. For you younger people, a payphone... <laughs> was this little structure, had this black or, you know, little, and you put a dime. Remember, remember a dime? You always, you're always parents sent you out with a dime in case you needed an emergency. You would dial. She dialed her pastor, a Lutheran pastor. She said, Pastor, I was at this church, and they said something about being saved. What is that? The pastor said, come in Thursday, and I'll talk to you about it. She didn't know what to do. She hung up the phone. She went home. Two hours later, Dad got up from that altar. And he was looking for my mom. She wasn't there. So he went to uh, her where she was staying at my grandmother's house. And he said, something happened. Something's changed. And she didn't believe him. And so he had a foul mouth. He was a cursing, foul person. And the next few days, she observed his behavior was completely different. He had no language. He didn't smoke. He didn't drink. He didn't go to the gambling. And so she decided to move back in and began to witness a transformation of his life. And he was a different person. He was all in for Jesus. Two weeks later, my mom said, I want to go to that church because I want what he has. And that moment, 
our family changed. The whole demeanor of our home was different. Where there was fear and anxiety, all of a sudden there was Jesus and there was love and there was wonderful, wonderful places. So our home changed. So at that point, my mom and dad, we'll go to the next slide, decided that they were going to live for Jesus. And if you look at this picture, this is soon after that salvation. Uh, by then, Kevin, my youngest brother, was born. Uh, my dad, just a totally different demeanor. And there's that goofy kid again. That's me. Uh, here we are, goofy kid again. Uh, Danny was goofy. Kevin, all right. Uh, and this one I love. This is the new addition to our home. That's Chris. She's cute. We're all so happy to have her. Here we are, and, and, and I'm going to show you a couple pictures. When my parents' life changed, church became central to our life. It wasn't just this half-hearted go to church, kind of give it lip service. My folks were all in for church. So we always dressed up. We always went to church. Go ahead and show that next one. Here we are. All right. I started to grow. <laughs> Denny never did. Anyway. <laughs> he was here last night. Love him. All right. Here we are uh, as a family. There's Chris. You were really cute, girl. I was handsome. She was cute. The rest of them are okay. Anyway. No, I'm kidding you. They're great people. Sometimes people don't get my humor. They think I'm too sarcastic. So if that is, I'm sorry. I want to show you this next one. Okay. Here we are. Um, my folks didn't just talk about church while they were at church. We lived a life that was all about Jesus. And so in our home, we didn't have two different lives. My dad was a different person. My dad decided to be a spiritual leader in our home. My mother was an amazing mother who loved Jesus. So we were raised with that environment. So I've told you about Bessie, her all-in moment. I've told you about Gary, my dad, his all-in moment. It was at this time I was in high school. I started dating a girl, and uh, a year before this picture, I had an experience where I felt a very amazing calling to full-time ministry. And so that experience changed the direction of my life. I decided to become a, a pastor. And all my decisions from that point were going to be toward that direction, except I fell in love with this beautiful girl in high school. We got along great. We enjoyed being together. Uh, everything. We liked everything together. It was just really, and, and, and I know you look at high school love sometimes. It, it was very serious to me. But I'm going to tell you, my family, we didn't do it every day, but every week or on a regular basis, we would have a family devotion. We would call the family altar. And we would get together. Dad would read scripture. Mom would just share thoughts. And we would just have a, a little bit of a kind of like a little family Bible study. And it was at this Bible study where my parents, they were really cool. You know, back then, 70s, uh, early 70s, late 60s, you know, the style was, you know, different. And, and, and church people sometimes can be very controlling and legalistic. And, and we were at a church where some of that went on. But my folks were cool. We could have long hair. We could wear, you know, wild 70s clothing. Uh, we could do all that kind of stuff. All right? We could... We had all these rules at our church, but my dad, he just, he knew what was important to him. And, and, and he knew the life that we should live wasn't to just be based on certain things that the church required. Church had a card you had to sign and you couldn't go swimming. You know, mixed bathing is what, I never got that because we never took a bath. It was just swimming. 
And he'd say, my kids, we're going to be at the Green Mountain Swim Club, and we spent our summers there. All right, but, but, but some things, you know, were very important that wasn't going to be a part of our home. It was at this family altar. Deep in my spirit, I was struggling because I, I, I couldn't put this separation together because this girl that I really loved and cared for, she would come to church, but she was doing it for me. She really didn't have a desire to truly follow Jesus. And we got along, and we talked about God things, but in her heart, she just didn't have that there. And I was trying to put together this idea of me being a pastor in ministry and her not really knowing Jesus. You can see that's a problem. But I didn't want to change the relationship we had because I liked being with her. And it was at this family altar. God did an amazing thing. Dad read scriptures. And the Holy Spirit put on my mom's heart. She... She maybe knew. I didn't realize it, but she just knew that there was a struggle. And she just started sharing. I can tell you it's one of the most amazing spiritual moments. I made a decision that day. I'm going to go all in for what Jesus wants for my life. And I made a decision to break up with that girl. It was ugly. How do you tell somebody you care about, I'm not going to be dating you anymore. We don't have a future because I feel called to ministry. Most high school girls wouldn't get that. I understand. It was ugly. She was mad. She was hurt. I get that. All of her friends hated me. I was this despised preacher guy now and all that kind of stuff. It's okay. It's okay. But because I made that decision to go all in, it led me going to a Bible college. Now, I was saying earlier, our home was different. My dad, because he had struggled with alcohol, didn't want to bring it into our home. Because he struggled with gambling, we didn't play cards. I didn't know how to play cards, so I went to Bible college. <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right? We did play cards Uno. Anybody here know what Uno is? We called it Pentecostal poker. It just really good. <laughs> I went to Bible college. There I met really who God provided as an amazing wife, who would be a great ministry partner, who'd be a great mom to my kids. So because of that decision of going all in for what God wanted for me, the trajectory of my life totally changed because I know what would have happened had I continued on with this girl. I know. I know to this day. All in moments will change your life. All in moments are very important for you to understand what that means. I want to show you the next all in moment. You know who that is? Pastor John and Chris. So I'm a youth pastor now in Lakewood, okay? And this, this edgy, can I call him a punk? Long hair, had an attitude. He came into church. He goes into a Sunday school room and sees this beautiful girl. And he thinks, oh, man, I need to be going to church. He started coming, started dating my sister. I was none too happy about that. I loved my little sister. I wanted the best for her, and I didn't think he was the best. And I was pretty vocal of that. John had a rough childhood. You've heard enough of his message to know that. He came in a broken kid. You know the amazing thing is? My dad 
he knew how to relate to this kid. And he loved him. My dad was very gracious toward him. Now, he, he towed the line. He made it sure. This is my daughter, dude. You know, the things that dads do. All right? Let's go to the next. Well, no, let's wait, wait, wait. Just leave this up. Just leave this up for a minute. Okay. They get married. I have the privilege of doing their wedding. I wasn't happy because I just didn't see him having a passion for Jesus, and I thought my sister deserved the best. My sister was smart. She saw something in him. My dad saw something in him. I was legalistic. I didn't see it. But I agreed to do their wedding. I told John, I said, John, I'm against this wedding. But the day you marry my sister, I'm 100% for it. So they get married, and a few maybe months later, John comes to me. God had been working on his life. John had an all-in moment. He said, Terry, I feel something inside. I feel drawn to be in ministry. And he said, I really want to give my life to that. He said, will you help me? And I was a youth pastor, and I, I do what pastors do when people want to be in ministry. I said, come tonight. And he came, and he was ready uh, before the service. And I said, here's what I need you to do. I need you to just clean the bathrooms. <laughs> Listen, a lot of people see one side of ministry. I know a lot of pastors here, Jake, you included, have cleaned a lot of bathrooms. No, you have. No, you have. He said, I need you to set up our chairs. I'm going to tell you, I saw that day something in John that was quite amazing. He was in there setting up chairs. I was watching him, and he just, he wanted them to be perfect. And then I gave him a, a, a book, a teaching book that we had for junior high, and I said, hey, do this lesson, teach the junior high. He was over reading that. <clears throat> learning it, studying it. They go into a classroom. My son, my, my oldest son was a junior high at that time. I'm teaching the high school. The teaching time's over. There's about 15 junior high kids come bouncing out of that room. That was awesome. That was so cool. My son comes up. Dad, that John guy is fun. He's awesome. Man, they were so excited. You know what that showed us then? This, this John is a communicator. He knows how to share Jesus. And from that moment on, he made decisions in his life. And it wasn't easy. I know the story. I'm a part of this family. I know. John started working with me. We ended up in Louisiana on a college trip with juniors and seniors. And he meets a good friend of mine who was working at a very large ministry there in Baton Rouge. And he saw John, and we started talking, and he wanted John to come be an intern. John was an intern there. And after that finished, he ended up going to Florida and then to Kentucky being a youth pastor. He's a great youth pastor. Ends up in Res, and then eventually at Res becomes the associate there. Can you imagine the impact of that? Can you imagine that if any of these people didn't make an all-in moment where we would all be today, how important that is for you? Because when John made that all-in moment, it led to this next one. Here's Pastor John. This is one of the earlier services at Jubilee Fellowship. There's a handful of people. They had a lot of vision, a lot of faith, a lot of prayer, a lot of excitement, and a lot of work. A lot of work. I was in uh, South Carolina at that time, but I'd come visit. And this busy little church was always working on the weekend to have a great service. That was the beginning of what you are sitting here today experiencing. Now, some of you are guests, some of you are a long time, some of you are new time to GFC. 
But everyone's all-in moment decided where we would be and what we would be doing today. And I think that's very valuable. I'm going to take a little liberty here. And I want you to know it's not out of pride, but out of representation of what an all-in decision can be. I want to show you a little bit of our family and where we're at. All right? And then I'm going to finish with something that you need to hear. Let's go to the next one. This is my mom and dad. This was a few years ago. Both of them choosing Jesus changed our lives, our kids' lives. I'm so grateful for them. Go to the next one there. All right, this is my family, okay? Um, <laughs> my daughter texted me last night. We have, she has six kids. I said five. She just had a baby. My math is slow to my daughter. These are my grandkids. These are my kids, all right? Jesse and Heather were here for a time. He led worship there in North Carolina. Jesse's an executive pastor. Heather leads worship with him. She leads children's ministries. My middle son was my youth pastor with Jake. They were so awesome. Called him Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> You'll have to ask Jake why. They were so good. They actually followed Dan to May and uh, had a great crew there, had a great youth group. He was working and he came to me, he had working part-time at Applebee's and said, Dad, I love the workplace environment. He said, I think God is calling me to be in the workplace as an evangelist. I want to be in workplace ministry. So he decided to go into the business world. He's been very successful as a witness in the business world. My oldest son, I want to tell you about him. He was a prodigal. He walked away from God. Church people and the legalism and the judgmental really turned him off. He walked away. It took a crisis while we were here years ago where he made a decision to go out in for Jesus. As a result of that, he met this beautiful girl, Heather. She had a child. He had a child. And this is theirs. He's here every weekend at JFC. My family's changed. I want to go to the next slide. I want you to show, see this. This is my sister, Debbie. She's the conservative one. <laughs> as you can see, this is Jake and this is Kim. Their kids are there. Jake's been in full-time ministry with Kim for many years. This is John Wood. John and Gina were here for many years. He's up in Ohio, Ohio as a pastor. Their daughter and her son, they work with them at a church. Deb and Dammy are pastors. Deb and Danny, Dan are pastors in Las Vegas. Right? Three of their children, full-time ministry. Let's go to the next one. Okay? This is my brother, Denny. <coughs> Sean is a missionary in a very, very dangerous place right now. Even correspondence, they have to be careful because their life is threatened. Each of our kids, uh, Denny's kids are involved. Denny's in full-time ministry. All right? The next one. This is my, middle, my youngest brother, Kevin. Jeff is here at JFC. works with the tech team. His other kids are involved. They live in Colorado Springs. They come here when they can. Kevin and Danelle. Amazing story of how they've got involved in adoption and things like that. And the last one. You all know these people? How many of those are in full-time ministry? It's a result of all-in moments, folks. It's very important. I want to say something about this guy. I love this guy. He's my buddy. Brent was a child, and we'd come and visit because we didn't live here at the time. Came to their house. He was watching a show or something, and the statement of that show is, you're killing me. 
So that became me and Brent's little tagline. So every time I see him, you're killing me, man. You're killing me. He says it back. We'll always box. Brenda loved Brent. She would make him these little sugar cookies. And she'd decorate him, whether it was the Broncos or Christmas or whatever holiday. And she just loved making those for him. He loved Brenda. He came to me after she died. And he went out. And he wanted to buy me something. And he bought a Billy Graham devotional. He has a heart for Jesus that people just don't know how amazing it is. This is an amazing family. We're not perfect. Listen, we're going to be the first to tell you, all of us, we got our stuff. We're not perfect. But can I tell you, my mom and dad have four kids in full-time ministry. One, a successful local businessman. All right, because of a decision to go all in for Jesus. My friends, if you don't think that's important, you're missing this message. You're missing this message. I want to go to this next slide here. This is my mom. She was here last night. We honored her. We honor her again today, but I want to do something. I want to honor every one of you moms here today. You deserve that honor. And every one of us, can we express our appreciation to all of our moms here today? As a dad, I can tell you the hardest job is a mom. The hardest job. The hardest job. By far. You make the biggest impact. My kids love me. They enjoy me. But I will tell you, my kids will tell you, mom was such a great influence in their life. See, we, we have had, we have had a great experience. That's been our experience. All right? These are just the children and the grandchildren of Gary and Donna. That's just our immediate family. If I took you through the rest of my dad's family, his sisters and brothers, I'm going to tell you a story of many of them who made those all-in decisions. There are almost probably a hundred from Charles and Bessie that are in full-time ministry. One that visits here on a regular basis, Paul Childers. His dad's my cousin. His other son is a pastor in Vegas. And you can go throughout, many of them involved with teen challenge, drug addictions, all that kind of stuff. But can I tell you something? Let's bring it back down to earth. Let's, let's, let's give you the whole story. Some of those in the family decided not to go all in for Jesus. That's their decision. That's your decision. Every one of you here today, God has given you that opportunity to make that decision. But it has consequences. We faced heartache in our family. We've faced mental institutions. We've faced suicide. We've faced tragic divorces. We've faced that. All right? Now, because you're all in for Jesus, it doesn't mean life is all good. I can tell you, it's not all good. You still have people you love die. You still have kids be prodigal. You still have those things. But what we have different than what the others have is that when I go all in with Jesus, he goes all in with me. And it makes all the difference. And if I could give you anything today, I think it would be important that you understand that. <clears throat> I want to tell you a couple things. How will you make the most of your all-in moment? There is a difference between halfway and all the way. And there's a difference in what you experience and how that has a certain outcome. My parents 
were both vital in their relationship with Jesus and visual. Church was important. I saw at one time my dad said, we won't be going to that sport event. My son won't be participating. We were very involved in athletics, like many of your kids. But he said, we're going to church. Now I was conflicted. I like sports. I like church. But to me as a child, to see my dad say to a coach, we're going all in. We're going to church. It hit me in a way. And for you, for your children, for your future, for whoever you impact, you've got to know that all in represents all in. One more thing about my mother. What made a lasting impact in my life was prayer. My mother would pray in her bedroom. And I remember walking by at times. And it was a little uncomfortable to hear my name. <laughs> I kind of wanted to listen in. That goofy son, Jesus, help him, you know. She would pray for God's best for my life. She would pray for my future. She would pray for every one of us. I remember that. She would pray in a family altar, and it changed my life. She would pray. A woman wrote yesterday, her mother said to her, I'm not a perfect mom. I'm a praying mom. Worth noting. Moms, Pastor John shared earlier with a heavy heart, and we all have that. When I heard that news of the shooting, it just, I grieved. I grieve for our children. I grieve the world that they live in. I grieve for my grandchildren. The world that they're living in today. The heartache, the difficulties they have to go through. But the message I want to say is what Pastor John said. Folks, all in people, praying people, can make a difference. You can make a difference. We as pastors, John and Brambergs and you guys that are working with youth now, they do an amazing... You, you would not believe the compliments we hear about the job they do with teenagers. Pray, pray, pray. The thing I miss, one of the top three things I miss most of being with Brenda is every morning praying for our children and grandchildren. I feel like I'm a half prayer. <laughs> it's like kind of half like half a cookie. Who wants half a cookie, right? We want a whole cookie. We need to use the weapons that God has given us. We need to go back to the closet. What the Bible says is go to a quiet place to pray. We need to bring that back in a very powerful way to fight the evil that is in this world. Second point, the importance of the local church in the right moment. For these people, my Grandmother Bessie, my father, their conversion, their life change happened in the church and their life then was lived out in the church. I'm going to be very strong here. Take it. Don't be offended. But folks, go all in for the local church. Don't just be a tender. Be involved. Be engaged. Find out the gifts God has given you. Be involved in ministry. Let that be the testimony of your life that you are all in for Jesus in his local church. JFC, it's not a perfect church. We're well aware. We got a lot of things that we're always working on. I think one of the, one of the best pastors that I've ever known. And I'm not saying that because he's family. I'm saying that because it's true in my heart. We recently come away from a leadership thing and, and, and just had clarity, amazing clarity, at the vision for our church. 
We raised up churches, and many churches are in our community here because of John's vision several years ago. But now, this is our heart, empowering all generations for the life of Jesus, life in Jesus. If you look around this morning, you see young people like me. Then you see all the older people. They're young Gen Xers. No, I think they're Gen Zs now. I don't know what they are, Kelly. People in their 20s. There's people here in their 80s. Some churches today are targeting millennials. That's great. I celebrate. I pray that. I, that's great. But I know John's heart. I know that Chris's heart. We want everybody to come of all ages and experience that. I was doing the math the other day. We have five ages of generations on our staff. It's good to have some of them older people working here. And I will tell you, there's a great unity in that. No matter what your age is, no matter whether you're young, you're important and valuable to the church. Whether you're old, you're important and valuable. You're going to see great things happen in that area. So let me finish with this. You can make a decision today that will change your future and so many others. If we really did the math, if we look at all of these all-in moments, what does it represent? It represents thousands of lives. Because Bessie said, I'm all in for Jesus. Before my dad, Gary, said, I'm all in for Jesus. Because John said, I'm all in for ministry in Jesus. We're here today because of that. I want you to get your mind around looking at the future of your life and what it could be if you choose to be all in. You might be here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. And you're wondering, is it worth it? I'm telling you, it is worth it, not only for eternity, but for the life that we live on this earth. And Jesus loves you and has grace and forgiveness. And you're thinking, I've done too many things. I've been too bad. Man, if you only knew my dad, if you only knew things that out of honor to him, I wouldn't share. Rough stuff. You can have a life that's different. Maybe you're just a church person. Maybe you're like my mom, just a good Lutheran, whatever it is that you grew up in, and you're just going to church and you're doing the church thing. Maybe it's your moment to say, I want to go all in. I want to be a part of what Jesus is doing in the local church. So I want to pray with you. Would you bow your heads? Father, today, 1933 on a Mother's Day, a young mother made the decision to give all that she had to you. She found you. The Bible says a pearl of great price. She gave everything to be all in for you. Because of that, I'm literally here today. <coughs> so I want to appeal to those that are searching for God. Like my father, maybe your past isn't so good. But something stirred your heart today and you said, look at Maybe God can do that for me. Maybe God can change my addictions. Maybe God can change the future of my life. Maybe you're here today and you've never, never committed fully to follow Jesus, but you'd like to do that today. Would you just raise your hand? Make it simple. Would you just raise your hand? Thank you so much. That decision is a very important decision. I want to talk to church people as we're privately in prayer, I want you to evaluate your heart. Where are you with Jesus? 
Is he just on the side? Is he a sidecar to your life? Or have you said, I want everything that Jesus has for me. I want to be everything that Jesus wants in me and through me. And you're here today and maybe you've just been floating along. Life gets crazy. I get that. Things distract us so much. But maybe today something in your heart was stirred and you said, Terry, I want to get back to that place where Jesus is my first love. If that's you today, would you raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. So many of you. I'm with you. I'm with you there. So, Lord, I pray for everyone here. I pray for those that are coming to know you. I pray for those that are reconnecting with you. I pray for those that are living the all-in life. We praise God for that today. And, Lord, I don't know if it's a sermon 86 years from now, if we're still here, that some pastor will stand and tell your story, your moment of going all in. But if so, we bring glory to God in Jesus' name. Would everybody say amen? Would you please rise? Thank you. So, moms, I hope they are treating you real good today. I hope you can go to a nice Mother's Day brunch or something. I hope you won't have the experience we had years ago. Remember when my dad was a fighter? We had Jesus, but every now and then the devil could tempt him. We go to a Mother's Day brunch, and we're in a line, and they moved us forward because we didn't have reservations. For whatever reason, they could seat walk-ins faster. And some guy made a real nasty comment to my mother's mom and my mom. Well, I saw the devil come back. <laughs> and I thought we are going to have a fist fight at Mother's Day brunch. We didn't. I was just waiting to get in and get some shrimp. <laughs> But I want to say today, mothers, you are loved. You are special. Take this day and just enjoy everything. And if you're not a mom, if you're a child and your mother maybe isn't here or she's with you, if you're a husband, lavish them with great honor and praise. And some of you, you're hurting, you're struggling today. Just be embraced by the honor and the love we have for you today. Can I say to all of you, happy Mother's Day. God bless. Have a great day. Thank <clears throat> you.